0: Are you one or more of them for the kids in your world? Nailed it. (laughs) Welcome, everyone, and pull up a seat at the table. It's lunchtime in Rome. Tonight's episode, 187, is entitled Childhood Essentials Part 2. This week at the table, we'll continue talking about the essentials that every child needs to become a well-adjusted adult. How many did you receive? How well are you doing for your kids? Are you one or more of them for the kids in your world? Nailed it. (laughs) Pull up a seat at the table and join us. First-time listeners can subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Watch us live at YouTube dot com forward slash lunchtime in rome or listen directly on lunchtime in dot com while there you can take our relational needs questionnaire make sure to follow us on all social media and it will be great if you give us a five-star review jay what specifically is this podcast being about? alone
1: is the worst good times aren't as good and bad times are worse when you are all alone romans twelve fifteen says to rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn that is how you keep people from being alone and what this podcast is all about we demonstrate that in the first 15 minutes or so of the podcast, and we talk about it for the rest. So while it may not be 12.15 in Rome, we're treating it like it is lunchtime, lunchtime in, in Rome. Rome.
0: I've got a fork.
1: Yeah, I think we all do. Yeah, this is exciting.
2: Yeah, so Jay brought in uh, some oh. meat. Jay, what what specific
1: cut are we looking at? It is a boneless beef short rib from the Fat Butcher, self-named... I'm not describing them. Right. That's the right. establishment. Right. In Lawrenceville, PA. All locally. All their meat is locally sourced. Um, and uh, so I bought a beef short rib. Yeah. Sous vide it for 45 hours. It's amazing. And then I um, seared it on the
2: flat top. And they told you to, to sous vide it for 48. They didn't.
1: Everyone on the internet. Everyone did. on the internet did.
3: 45. 45- Two forty-eight hours.
0: Yeah,
1: that's insane. I, it's, and it's, I did it at one hundred and thirty degrees, and there, or like one hundred it was one hundred and thirty. And most of them said like one thirty-nine or something. I am like. I ain't making no shoe leather. Yeah, but I like so in the sous vide though. The one thing that you got to be kind of
2: worried about was some like sometimes if you do it too long, the meat will break down, and then the consistency is really not good. Oh, interesting. So there's 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 a magic to it. If you do it right, you can make a cheap steak taste like a more expensive steak. I have
1: a chuck roast that will be in for 48 hours.
2: Yeah. And
3: it's awesome. It's going to taste like prime rib.
2: Yeah, like that's that's what's great. Um but if like again, like I did, I've done chicken and it, too long. Like you just can't yeah. you
3: can't what, you, what does it do? Does it like get mushy or it loses its yeah. t- it's uh
1: Consistency or texture, yeah,
2: and like integrity, and it also like it. And one of the things that the sous vide does is it keeps your your meat like you know moist. So, and, and in this case, if you do it too long with chicken, it'll actually dry it out.
3: Hmm. Oh. I gotta tell you, I'm sitting right next to Jay and his meat here, and it <laughs> looks like it's gonna taste amazing.
2: It looks, it's sm- I can smell, I can yeah. smell it from mm-hmm. here. It smells
3: amazing. It's a good smell. It looks
2: like it's gonna <laughs> taste amazing. Well, it looks like it's it gonna yet. smell amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you smell something? It's been a while. I'm excited because it's been a while since we've had a uh, a taste tasting mm-hmm. on the yep. on the show. Um, and I'm really reaching to fill the air here because you know. Here we are. Well, I'm gonna we fill are. it
3: with my chewing noises
1: right now. I'm gonna take this one. Probably mm. should go one at a time, lest we all just <clears throat> <clears throat> into the uh, mic. Uh, I already went. How was it?
2: It's, no, it's,
1: it's really good. It's really good. It's really good. That's some soft beef right there. It, it is. No.
0: It didn't lose its integrity. No. No. And I'm wow. not. Eating, I'm not eating, and I'm not even filling the air. <laughs> That's actually quite funny. I, I sat there for a second. I was like, "Oh, nobody's talking." Wait, I'm not eating. <laughs> <laughs> Man, what you, would you season it with? Uh, a little thing I like to call salt,
1: salt and, and pepper. pepper. Ladies I get salt and gentlemen, I did salt and pepper before I vacuum sealed. And then I did salt for the sear, because they say sometimes when you sear pepper, it'll actually burn the pepper. I don't know if that's true or not, but it's got me scared. Hmm. So then I added, I finished with a little salt and pepper. It's pretty good. Incredible. Look at that marbling right there. That's great. Look at that marble. Look at that fat going right through there. Dude, I love how you're like, it's pretty good. And I'm like, this is one of the most unbelievable pieces of meat I've ever had, like. It's pretty good. It's pretty good, man. Considering he's been out of the cast iron now for 40 minutes.
3: Wow. Yeah, Chris. I'll take one more. Yeah, thank you so much.
2: Think we need one more?
0: Let's get one more.
2: more.
3: Yeah, let me go one more. That's amazing. While he cuts that, should I? uh, I'm gonna. I'll give a little update. Yeah. So we have. Um, if I was on, I was not on Pod last week. If I was on, I was going to give a frustrating update about the terminology used in the medical field. Mm. Specific. I mean, You had
0: me at the medical field.
3: There you go. Uh, um, so a few weeks ago, Amy was supposed to have, to get ready for, for radiation, she was supposed to have what they called a simulation. So what would you think a simulation is going to be? Like if you're going to go in for a, a radiation simulation.
2: Right. right? It's going to be uh, – you're not really going to have it. You're going to like experience what it, it's kind of going to feel like. Right. right.
3: That, that would make sense. You right? might
2: put on a VR headset or something. something. I don't know.
3: But yeah. Um, so no, it wasn't. It was you go in and you get little tattoo. Um, and yes, real tattoos like dot, like little pinpoint size tattoos to sort of triangulate a position of where you're going to get the radiation, I guess. And she got like a a cat scan or something like that. Why they call a simulation. I don't know. And then last week. Okay. So last week was the big week starting radiation. Right. And as you, as everyone who listens knows, we have been frustrated with the process. Not that anybody's done anything wrong. It's just like an ongoing, you know, two steps forward, one step back, trying to get, get moving on this thing. So, last week was a big week starting radiation. And so, on Wednesday, she was going to go in for the dry run. That's what this one was called, the dry run. So, what would you do on a dry run?
0: That's the medical term? Apparently. Well, this is
3: what they told. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe that's not medical terminology, but this is what the nurse slash doctor
0: said. I would think the dry run would be one step more than the simulation.
3: Okay. Yeah. It certainly sounds like radiation without the actual radiation. It's like a
2: rehearsal.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. Right.
3: No, it was uh, <laughs> like she had to get an X ray and something else, and then that was it. And she's like, "When?" Like, so
1: you know, they finally look at her. They're like, <clears throat> "We have no radiation." Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's how We've you start just to feel. charging your insurance. Next week is prep week. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> and then comes the hazing, <laughs> the walk through. Yeah, the walk. Yes, exactly. That's we felt like we were in that zone of yeah, like we're getting is- into the preliminary steps. <laughs> Oh, man <laughs> on ramp <laughs> so that was and that's the, what it's felt like up until yes. I, yeah yeah it gets uh, and as we got closer and closer we're like are you kidding me like yeah. can't we just start this
0: maybe that is the simulation maybe it's not all real oh
3: like the simulation is the re- oh like, yeah she's in it now
0: right like maybe we're all What if in this there simulation? is no radiation <laughs> like that's, they're
3: really it's just like they tell you it's possible this is what we're getting what's we're that doing? called when they that's give a you like the sugar
2: pill or like they give you the sugar pill. Placebo? Yeah, the uh, placebo. Yeah, yeah. Right.
3: Yeah, your body can actually heal itself of cancer. It's, yeah. Now, anyway, um, that was the frustrating news. The good news is that it really did start on, on Thursday. The mm-hmm. real deal. So she had two days of it last week. and Right, what we're <laughs> calling. The, did they no, call it the real deal?
2: I think that's the medical terminology. Term. <laughs> <laughs> It's negative. Oh, my God. Michael
3: Scott.
0: <laughs> was that George Costanza originally?
3: Oh, uh, was it really? I think so. Ooh, interesting. I don't remember that one.
0: So, what's your good news, Chris? <clears throat> so, the good news
3: is it really started on Thursday. Um, it's every weekday for four weeks. Um, so, she's off that whole time? She is right now, yeah. Because hmm. it has, like, the timing of the appointment is. It's mm-hmm. during the day, um, and she's not going to feel great. Like the fir- at first, it, it, it you know it sort of ramps up as you go because they're basically sunburning you and you know intense like yeah. UV radiation. Um, and so the first few days she's okay, but it's I, by the end of this week I think she's going to really start yeah. feeling it. And then it's going to be it wears you out mm-hmm. and it just like so it builds up yeah. for the week. You recoup over the weekend, build pretty up much. Week. How many yeah. weeks? Four. mm yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but she's had she had two last week, Thursday, and Friday. Today is Wednesday, so she finished her third of this week. So she's yeah. five in total, mm-hmm. and um, now we feel like it's at least moving. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. it's, something's happening. And they, I mean, the weeks, the weeks go by.
1: I mean, like once you get into it, there's the rhythm of it. You, yeah. you bang it out, um, and I I lament with you back in the Trey days mm. uh, when all of his doctors would get together. I think it was like once a week, and they would meet and they called it the tumor board. The tumor board. <laughs> I was like, all right, sweet. That's, I guess I see you're separating it, you know, so you're not saying, hey, this little two year old with cancer's care. Mm-hmm. We're calling it the tumor board. But like, you can maybe just say when we met, you don't have to say, like, well, the tumor board met and we talked about, mm. you go with we. Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe, maybe let's not call it the tumor board.
3: Yeah. Speaking of terminology.
0: Yeah, yeah that was the yeah. transition there, Got right? you.
3: Yeah. 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 Um, well, and we have a bet. There's, did we discuss the breast navigator? <laughs> Did I mention that? That uh, is an actual. Duke's t- not here. Uh, <laughs> that is was, an actual, the- actual <laughs> title. The person whose job it is in. You're
2: like, I thought that was my job. <laughs> I know. I'm like,
3: wait a minute. <laughs> I, I signed up for that in college. Like, what's going on? Amy looks at the doctor. He's really not very good. At it, so I'm glad that you're here.
1: <laughs> breast navigator, Chris, Chris, pay attention now. Please pay attention. <laughs> it
3: turns out it's just a person's job who, like, basically makes sure that patients are on the right track. You know what? What's the next step in there? Um,
1: <laughs> he he bargained. He, they're like, we can we can only pay a hundred grand. He's like, all right, you got to call me the breast <laughs> right. navigator. I want it on my business card. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it has to be on my business card. So it's on my LinkedIn profile. profile. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the, breast. the breast man. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah,
3: I was already. Yeah. Oh. So that's that's what we got going on, and it's it's overall good. <laughs> I uh, I have just
1: a couple things. One. Rachel said that her work situation is like death by a thousand paper cuts. Ugh. And I thought that is a great oh. way to put it. Mm-hmm. And uh, a
3: terrible way to like, yeah, well,
1: it's a f- unfortunate yeah. because every day she'll come home and she'll share a couple stories without breaking any confidentiality. Mm-hmm. But, um, and it's just like, yeah. Cause like one that's nothing. It's nothing, you know, but you put them all together and you're like, well, that's, that's just mm-hmm. terrible right there. That's just the worst. And then mm-hmm. it's, It's incredible to me how she has to navigate that in so many different ways. And again, I celebrate that she's got a coworker that they are basically the same person and they get each other and so they can give each other knowing looks you know, and get through it and and all that stuff. But I thought that was a good phrase, death by a thousand paper cuts. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other one is um, we have somebody in our lives that has been going through a lot and for their confidentiality, I won't point it out. And they had a somewhat, and by that I mean pretty rough childhood. And Rachel, after comforting, which was good, she said, listen, you got to rise above your raising. Mm-hmm. And mm. she said, you don't have to continue to be the way you've always been, and you don't have to be what you've been conditioned to become. Mm-hmm. And of course, mm-hmm. me, the wow. guy who's all about emotional needs and all that stuff, I was like, raisin. Raisin, oh, this shriveled up
0: creep. <laughs> and she looked at rise me like, she's like, raisin. Are you kidding me? And I was like, <laughs> What? <laughs>
1: Once I figured it out, it made so much more sense. And as it turns out, for the person going through their uh, trauma, they said that that has been one of the calling things that have gotten them through this
3: time. Mm. Like, that is that, a really great phrase. Yeah, like, that is something abo- you can call, on. like, yeah, in your brain. What like, was it again? Above rise above, above raising. your raising. Rise raisin.
2: above your raising. Yeah. That's man. I believe
3: it actually is
1: raisin because it's sort of like a Southern phrase. That's a shirt, yeah. That's a shirt, yeah. With like a raisin on it, it's like, <laughs> well, with an arrow. Jay, like, hey, we're not doing the raisin. And coming
0: <laughs> coming from Rachel, I mean, that carries a lot of weight in a lot of different ways. You know, she rose above her raisin. You know, and and so that's yeah. It. She really has yeah. So it was pretty cool,
1: and I wanted to share those. The other thing is last night, Pen Hills ranked number one in the WPIL 5A rankings is playing Gateway number three big showdown all the big wigs are there and it's you know the media is there and <laughs> during the girls game which precedes the guys game both uh newspaper guy a uh the rocks sports which is like this independent thing that schools hired to broadcast their sports huh. he comes up to me and a photographer come up to me hey do you have do you have rosters and i was like let me see here i went on a little thing we call the internet. <laughs> and I went ahead and printed out rosters for me because I'm the announcer. You guys are all in media. Mm. <laughs> Did you think maybe you guys could do that too? Like, I was actively brought, uh, announcing the girls game. Yeah. And they're coming up to me. Hey, you uh, you got an extra roster? And, I'm like, mm. and I just thought about it for a minute. I was like, I- I'm almost a volunteer. Right. <laughs> this is your profession. Right. You walk into a You GMC, should be giving me one. No roster. You would think so. Right. Yeah. But during the game, Penn Hills is blowing them out. They were up 31 points at halftime. At one point, Gateway had 14 turnovers and 11 points. Oh wow! I mean, it wow. was. And their coach is a six foot six, gigantic, muscular, intimidating man. And second half starts, and we're in the mercy rule, which means the clock only stops for free throws. That's it. Balls out of bounds and timeouts. Ball's out of bounds, fouls, nothing, because one team's just killing the other team. Mm -hmm. So ball goes out of bounds, and their coach starts flipping out. He's like, why is the clock running? Mm -hmm. Why is the clock running? Now, mind you, Todd's running the clock. It's always a little bit uncomfortable when anybody complains because if he's wrong, it's going to make him super upset. If he's not wrong, he's going to try to kill them because huh. Todd is not short of temper. Mm-hmm. So I just keep looking forward because I'm just a mouth. I just play music and I do announcements. <laughs> so the woman who runs the score the, the scoreboard, not the clock, she goes, it's a running clock. And he goes, yeah, and the ball's out of bounds. It's not supposed to be a running clock. And then they said, mercy rule. Mm-hmm. And he goes, we don't want a mercy rule. <laughs> It was, I mean, the entire scores table melted down. And I looked up at him and you just see him just smiling. And I said, man, you should have opted out. He's like, we should have. (laughs) (laughs) But in all my years of insane basketball coaches who will mother F children and scream and yell. And before the game, I went up to him and I said, hey, coach, I just want to let you know, it's Anthem, then lineups, which is what we do before the game. And he barely moved his head a millimeter. And I was like, really? Really, you came and just go, Thank you. Like he was that focused mm-hmm. and everybody else. And he's up here cracking jokes. It was a beautiful moment. <laughs> I, I I laughed about it three times today. Well, we don't we don't want a mercy <laughs> rule, and like he was saying it, like
0: he kind of melted in his in his well, attitude. Like, yeah, like yeah. oh, absolutely. Yeah. He started
1: cracking up, and he, you know he realizes he's down thirty five
3: points yeah. with
0: eight yeah. seven minutes left in he's the third quarter. He's yeah. just
3: coaching away, man. Yeah. He's, he's just like, whoa, well, yeah. I wish we didn't have a mercy rule. Speaking <laughs> of media,
0: yes. um, do you remember that major winter storm that we got here in Pittsburgh? That the news was oh my was gosh. ramping up for days and days. There's and car wrecks everywhere. They, yeah, I think planes were falling out of the sky. Yeah, crazy, when man. are we as a society going to step away from our TVs and <laughs> devices and quit living in fear? Like the fear that it, it is palpable. They they shut Ethan they they shut uh, Ethan and Abby Penhills down last night. Well, so they shut Don, prison school down. Yeah, they, we were talking Party, about.
3: I think most were in the area. Yeah, yeah.
2: Maybe oh, had preschool. Really? Yep. Oh, I don't nice. know what school district they go by. I can't remember. I don't
0: know if it's Wilkinsburg, not Penhills. It's not Van Helsing. That's not Ray Kwan. Cool. Um, that's not Ray Kwan. Cool. Cool. So yeah, I just I think it's amazing how how much people overblow things and buy into the fear.
1: Do you remember the blizzard of I don't know when two thousand
0: ten? Big one yep, we had. I was delivering water,
1: and it, it's <laughs> I did not know you'd ever done that. I
0: did. That's the that was the only day out of my seven years that they called me off was on that blizzard, and. But what people forget is, so you
1: weren't delivering water. Yeah, you weren't. Delivering <laughs> I water. delivered water the next day. <laughs> For the next three weeks, we got like uh-huh. one to uh-huh. four inches a day. Oh, but I it know. was like, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. How do you know what your like condition? Because
0: I went out every single day delivering water in it.
1: Right, but today it was one to three, and everybody's like, oh no, yeah. And I get it. If it was one degree colder, we'd have gotten five inches of snow.
3: Yeah. I
2: guess, but like, I was looking at the, I was looking at all the different weather sources, and I was like, what are they talking about?
3: Well, it, so the okay. Weather. So I woke up, I opened my door to see what it, it was up. And I mean there was there was stuff happening and my understanding was the biggest the bigger danger was the freezing rain. So I wanted to ask about Rachel's commute like she
0: was fine. She were at, fine.
3: She leaves at 6.30. It was doing nothing
0: at that point. Uh, didn't gotcha. even start till like 8.30. Right. Like okay. I, I, was, yeah. I was timing it. I was like, Abby could have been in school by now. It hasn't even mm-hmm. done anything. And then it right. all rained and away. It was which, gone that, was on, end, yeah. that was on everybody's radar. No which I love that because now we don't have the slop for the no next shovel. three days. Yeah, mm-hmm. no shoveling. And
1: we all know that a lot of the reason why they call it and they just say, you know, remote learning day is all because of covid and they all the technology to stay home it's not a snow day you don't got to make yeah. it up in june
0: yeah know? which which i mean if they're gonna do it great like that's nice that they're not gonna make it up in june and i you know i think a lot of it was lawsuits you know they don't want but kids and buses sliding all over the place and the the buses the bus situation in nowadays is is terrible you know and so i think that they were just trying to head off a lot and just preemptively call it and with a still remote, frustrating still though. it is frustrating um, I don't know why I'm so frustrated about it because I got to sleep in. I have to take <laughs> Ethan to school today. <laughs> so um a- another child that I have is Abby and she mm. has wanted a record player now for a couple weeks and
3: oh, getting into the vinyl.
0: Yeah, and over the um over the weekend my aunt we celebrated her 70th birthday. We went bowling. It was a really really fun she time. She sits at the table. She does. Mm-hmm. It was a great time. Aunt Phil and Phil. um we went bowling um but they also the she she was like I have a record player in my basement that we've never opened what yeah the yeah it was it's this it's this virgin record player and they they gave it to Abby <laughs> never opened yeah and then they gave her a receiver so that we could you know so that she could actually hear it cuz the it doesn't have its own speakers right you know so Abby's got this record player now up in her bedroom and how many needles has she gone through None. I mean, just the one she's that not came. trying to scratch. No, she's not. <laughs> no, we we had to talk about the needles and, and uh, needle but right. it was it was cool because I had a moment with her, I think Sunday, where uh, my aunt also gave her some old records like Carpenters, Beach Boys. Um, mm. Beach Boys is such a good album. McC- well, Pet it sounds it, no, it's it's like uh, it's like kind of, I think they're best. Uh, so there's like yeah. uh, I think three or two or three albums and they you know all have yeah. a and b side. Um, but so I. Mm. I, I said to Abby, you'll know this song. Um, and, and I pl- started, you know, I played one of the, a couple of the like California girls yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, California dreaming? No, that's the, that's yeah, the that's Mamas, Mamas and, and Papas. the Papas. Uh, okay. Um, I wish they all could be California girls. Yeah, you yeah, know yeah. that one. Um, oh, they're right. Yeah. But I'm listening to it with her. She'd never really heard, she'd never really heard it before. And I was thinking how many girls over the years have sat in their bedroom and just been so delighted to put a record on and hear a song for the first, like especially like the Beach Boys over the years, and it was just such a cool moment for me mm-hmm. to like, because it's a record, you know what I mean? Um, well, to me, what's crazy is the number
1: of things that had to go into place for that to happen. Mm-hmm. In that, a, you're engaged in her life. Ah, a, you're home. B. You're engaged in her life. C, you have a relationship with your extended family who has an un- unopened record player. Yeah. Which, what else does she, does she have? Like some Cabbage Patch dolls? <laughs> I don't perhaps know. Perhaps a Pet Rock down there that she hasn't
3: <laughs> opened yet? Like, I'm feeling like we need to maybe just do a little,
1: hey, Aunt Phil, we just wanted to come can and see, see what's see going your on in your basement there.
3: Um, we can help clear it out for you.
1: Yeah. But like all the number of factors mm-hmm. that had to go into place for that to happen and- it did, and that's a cool thing. And she's yeah, probably was- like, why is it so scratchy, and why is it skipping? And you're like, well, you got to take a nickel well, put on top <laughs> so that it doesn't bounce.
0: It has a thing on top of it. Um, but it was funny because the first record that we put on, uh, like the doors waiting for the sun was buried. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and Eric Eric loves the doors. Wow. I False. But, False. But I I, I put the um, chords into the, um, the phono jack on the back of the receiver yeah and that must be shot because when it started playing it was like the worst it was crackly oh no that's the doors i, knew no. I, <laughs> the door, <laughs> I, I was setting you up for that but then i changed it out to the the auxiliary one yeah and it, was, it was it sounded wonderful
3: <laughs> i'm gonna see if i still have any of the uh the little 45s the uh you know the star wars yeah. Storybook read along. anybody uh, else have those as a kid? No, oh, no. Star Wars read along. Like that's a little, collectible little, item, though. You know, you, yeah. I don't really have it, but I used to. Like, <laughs> you know, nobody here had little forty-five. So then you read the little storybook no. along with it. Oh no. my gosh,
1: I had Teddy Roxpin.
3: Oh, okay.
2: Yeah,
1: I was picture pages <laughs> with Bill Cosby on oh,
2: mm-hmm. picture pages, man. I had picture, pa- I, I
1: picture pages. Oh, let's be honest, I didn't have them. Right, I would watch the kids on TV. That's what I,
2: them. yeah, that's what I did.
0: I didn't have the pen. I'm still searching for yeah. that magic pen. Yeah,
1: we're good. No, go ahead.
2: Well, oh. well, uh, one fun thing. Um, so L- we all know Luke. Luke is sat uh, at this table with mm-hmm. his wife, literally at the at the table, mm-hmm. and uh, twice he uh, he uh, was telling me about a golf simulator that he wanted to put together, and he was telling me about we it. We talked
1: about it at the table mm-hmm. before.
2: And uh, I finished building the computer for him, set it all up over the over the weekend on Saturday morning, and it's up and running, and it is awesome. Like right. I'm not a golfer, right. and I hit I hit a ball. You're a golfer four yards.
0: <laughs> I'm a not a ball golfer. Oh, well, that's true. Both. Um. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. Yes. <laughs> Wait. You said simulation, and oh. you're talking about a simulator.
2: Yeah, because you're not really golfing. You're, simulating. you're not really going through. But it is really cool. Like you put you put an actual ball, and you have your actual club, and you swing, and it goes into a, a screen, and the there's a what they call the ball launcher which measures everything like the ball spin the club the face of the club and however you hit that ball that's what it looks like on the screen where it goes but i had to build a computer that like pretty powerful it's basically a a high-end gaming computer for him he bought all the parts and i put it all together for him it was a really fun project and
3: where is he housing this
2: he they built a uh they, they call it the garage mahal he he. That's nice. Yeah. He and his dad built this four car garage, and then they built a living area above it where he has his office. There's a there's a guest bedroom. There's a full bathroom. I was gonna put one of those in. The living room. It's it's <laughs> so it's just it's for personal, personal. use. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's and awesome. Then, That's yeah. Great. Well, and he t- he talked about like how you know we, we were talking. I was like, this really is gonna in the long run, it'll save a ton of money because he's big into Top Golf, and he'll go like when he goes on vacation, mm. like we do, we go. Find golf courses that we want to play disc we golf. We play for free, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we, uh, um, we, you know, we play when we're on vacation. He does the same thing, but like, like he's literally paid three hundred dollars to play a course because mm-hmm. it's golf. You know, it's ball yeah. golf. Um, so every time he plays it, like. It's twenty dollars. He doesn't have to spend at the driving range, you know, things like that, like those nickel and dime things, and then going on the bigger trips and stuff. So yeah, it's really, cool. and he can golf through the winter. He can have friends over and, and golf ha-
3: probably any course he wants to.
2: Yeah, you can you can buy like
1: every course. Like, you can play Pebble Beach. You can do all that. And as his kid gets a little bit older, he'll spend some time engaged in his kid's life, which is essential. It's one of the essential mm-hmm. things that we every kid needs to grow up. And we have been going over a list of 40, 20 of which are external assets, 20 of which are internal assets that every kid needs to have to grow up to be a functioning adult. The magic number, this is used industry-wide, you know, and once again, this, our list says ages five to nine, but it's really developmental years. And the magic number is 27. If a kid has 27 of the 40, Mm. he's got a shot. You know, Chris, you being in the educational world, Mm -hmm. you know, the kids who are getting at 26 and below probably got the IEP. They've got some behavioral issues. They're not adjusting well. And so what we did last week is went over one through 10, kind of talked about our own childhood and then talked about society in general now, whether it be our kids or kids in general, and just took a look. And also sort of with the the lens of emotional needs that, man, if this need isn't getting met or or this um, asset is not. Uh, being observed or um, engaged in this in a child's life, what emotional needs are going to be uh, sprouting from there? So we're picking up. If you didn't, um, if you were with us last week, we did one through ten. The list is on our website, yes, and on the show notes. Yep. On our show so notes. you can follow
0: along and or catch up. So starting with number eleven. Yeah, boundaries and expectations is the next uh, five of them, I think. Um, so. Family boundaries. The family maintains supervision of the child, has reasonable guidelines for behavior, and always knows where the child is. Ooh. There's a lot of that not going on.
1: Well, I was thinking about my own. I was like, yes, yes, yes. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> like, and always knows where the child is. Right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, home. Yeah. <laughs> and within like a 200-yard radius. But within that, I was probably in the woods somewhere.
0: But Well, and it's interesting because... I think you had just mentioned, I think right before podcast, you had an incident where you were like, There has to be boundaries. I I oh, yeah. comforted and then there has to be boundaries. And you know, how how many homes do that? How many homes don't do that? You know, and, and as humans we're created for bound we were created with boundaries in mind, as much as sometimes we don't want them. Yeah. So it is such an important part. What about uh, you guys? Growing up?
3: Yeah. I well, certainly ages five to nine. It's-
1: I love that every time I say this, I'm not, I'm not this is nothing about you. Yeah. But last week I kept saying, we're not really looking at it from five to nine. We're just looking at total developmental <laughs> years. And like you each last week were like, well, this is saying five to nine here. And, <laughs> well- then I, and I just did it again. And you go, well, if we're thinking about five to nine. Well, I'm trying to, I'm wondering, developmental
3: years. If this list though was written for older kids, if it would have said, what are we calling developmental years then?
1: I would say, I through 12.
3: Okay. Well, the younger I was, uh, you know, I think obviously, like the more my parents knew where I was, I would say I had decently healthy boundaries as I got older in that even if they didn't know exactly where I was, they knew Jimmy's house. Right. Here yeah. are the here are the places that mm-hmm. I gravitate right. toward during the day and I I I don't really like I wouldn't do I, I wouldn't do anything crazy. So maybe that, you know, if I was a kid who. Well, did, that's you know, because
0: there was also more. reasonable guidelines for behavior that you right, were right, living right. within.
3: Yeah, that's probably true also.
1: I remember going to a friend's house, actually, in your greater neighborhood, Crescent Hills, the house that used to have an S on the side of it. It was a late blue house across the street from Joe Shimko. It doesn't matter. Mm. And he and I walked down to the creek behind that house, mm-hmm. and we just kept going to see where it went. And mm-hmm. it emptied us out on the onto Coal uh, Hollow
0: okay yeah <laughs> oh like, yeah that's a my, hike
1: and my parents did not know any of that like uh-huh. we yeah. it, we could have had a uh lean on me or whatever kind of a moment stand, down by, the stand, dead by, me. stand by me yeah
3: <laughs> now that you say that i had a similar creek walking experience so there were times there definitely were times right. yeah
2: but they knew in general where i was like we would do that too we would go Penn in the holes you yeah.
0: know in <laughs> like somewhere. it's yeah it's
2: not like we're leaving pen hills but like in you know we always were with friends
1: and it's not I, like I ever went off alone. And I think, not to sound like an old person, but kids today, I think there's fewer rules. But on the one hand, I think they do know where you are because I think a lot of parents like have the whole location tracker. Oh, um, yeah. Which, do you have that with your kids at all?
3: We have. We do. Um, I think everybody in my family now, I think Lily does too, have a, have an Apple device. So it's just sort of automatic. Like we can just. We you can
1: look at our phone. Where our phone is?
3: Yeah, we just there's a Find My. You know, we don't do that app, mm-hmm. and it just yeah.
1: No, I'm not against it. I'm not for it. We don't do it. Yeah, but
2: yeah, I mean, I feel like my my parents knew where I was and correct
1: boundaries and all that. Ooh, I'll read um, the next
2: one. Sorry, no, yeah, you, right. no, Chris, yeah. you're the. School well, I just saw. Yeah, I saw teacher.
3: school. You know, okay. Number twelve, school boundaries. Schools have clear, consistent rules and consequences and use a positive approach to discipline.
0: What do you think about that one, Chris? Because um, you have the most experience. In yeah. That.
3: Well, I, I certainly so think you, okay. schools have always been about rules, right? I think discipline has definitely changed through the decades. Um, I would, you know, like my personal experience now, my most recent teaching experience is in the elementary level, so these developmental mm-hmm. years, at, five through nine, uh, specifically five through <laughs> nine, not ten, not four,
0: not twelve. Uh,
3: but I I love that it includes a positive approach to discipline mm-hmm. because, and Jay, you yeah, you talk about this a lot, just in life in general, like teaching through the positive or coaching through the mm-hmm. positive, and not you know keeping your mind your your focus in that direction. And I think schools do a lot better job of that now than they probably used to. Yeah, you know, like all the stories about like nuns smacking you with a roller. Right. The mer- stuff. the
0: marine drill sergeant. Right. Did we talk about that that when we did a
1: reminisce group at Seneca? Uh, which for those of you who are at the table and haven't heard that we do that, we go to one of the retirement homes uh, near us. And there's about 20 residents and about five people from our church. And we just reminisce. What was it like Christmas? What was it like growing up for you? What was it like when your kids were growing up? And we don't talk about now because hmm, they're in a nursing home. But when we talked about going back to school, they would say, oh, remember when the nuns would smack you across? And they're like, oh, yeah, you'd go into the cloakroom. And you'd go in the one door and hang up your coat and come out the other door. Well, if the if the the nun asked you to go in there and it wasn't for your coat, you knew what was coming. And I said, how many of you were ever hit by a nun? And of the 20, 11 put their hands up. So 11 wow. had gone to Catholic schools. 11 had been hit by nuns. It's crazy. And the one said, did you have to say thank you, sister? And they're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, and you had to thank them. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, sir. May I have another? And the one lady had been hit in college. 20 years ago for poor sentence structure
3: 20 by years nine. ago wow. Twenty
1: years ago, not in 1955 right right huh. like almost it was maybe it was in the 90s.
2: Yeah. 90s yeah but
1: here's the point you knew what a boundary was yeah mm-hmm. you know whereas i think and it's everything it ebbs and flows you mm-hmm. know growing up man i never got in trouble i was raised by guilt we've talked about it so i was scared to get in trouble at school and yet, I was deathly afraid of, like, Dr. Jones, the principal, who mm. were, like, the meanest, baddest kids would go in seventh grade, would go into his office and come out just crying because mm. mm. he had paddled them so hard. All right. That's not the way we should do it. That's not positive. Right. You know, uh, discipline. That kid learned what right and wrong
3: was, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I don't want anybody out there listening and thinking, well, like, schools don't. Well, I guess they just don't discipline anymore. Like... I don't think that's true I think that um, the co- the consequences are different but um, one thing I really appreciate is that I feel like there is a more um, a, a more of a focus on getting the kid like having that conversation with the kid like rather than um, scream yell timeout right right suspension well I mean you still look listen we still do you know timeout suspension. Et cetera, et cetera. like there are still consequences, but the way that that consequence comes about, there's there's I feel like a better understanding on the on the child's part, on the accountability side of it. like here's why mm-hmm. and here's how you could have, avoided this and here's what to do next time and here's what you know i mean there's that that's what i think of when i think of positive is like well and here's here's how to solve your problem and i was going to say
2: there's probably not a lot of kids getting that at home so they're not going to understand it at school so it's not that the school's not disciplining it's those kids don't understand because there's so many kids that like they either have a One parent home, mm-hmm. or there's no know, boundaries, there's nobody at home. Th- like they're just being left in front of a you know a PS5 right. all day and not being,
1: you know, you know what I mean. And it's why I think this list is so important because mm-hmm. if a kid doesn't get one through 11, right? Number 12 in the school, right? You, you yeah. can do anything yeah. you want to do, work. oh, right, right, right. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's a huge thing because and, if you think if a kid doesn't get one through 11, what's he not getting? He's not learning respect, mm-hmm. he's not, right. he doesn't have a sense of belonging.
2: Because if you get sent to the principal's office as a kid, you should know.
3: Right, right, that
2: you are in trouble. Right. Yeah, and if you don't know that, then you're kind of hopeless in that situation. Well, and
3: we and we get you know many kids who we would just term it like they're not school ready. Like right. they ha- they don't have those supports or they haven't established any understanding of how to. And follow they're eighteen, rules, so or, if not now, yeah, then when? Yeah. <laughs> right. <but. laughs> not school ready. That's not in the. But I think hour.
1: what what Penn Hills has done a, a good job of is some alternative ways, like the one room they have at Linton, where you know it's. It's very calm. It almost looks mm-hmm. like a, it's almost like a hippie place, for yeah. lack of a better it's term. It's like a safe space. And the te- some of the teachers hate it because it's mm-hmm. like, oh, so this kid gets to go into the air-conditioned room because right. he's having a rough time. But that's when they've had some great conversations with kids where you find out what's really going mm-hmm. on at home and everything else. And yet the other side is people are like, we need police back in the schools. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying to the superintendent who was sat at the table, I said to her, look, some kids need this room. I said other kids should not be in the school. Right. It's okay. It can be
0: both. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's 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 okay. We can maybe use a multifaceted approach. Yeah. While right. being positive. Uh, neighborhood boundaries. Neighbors and friends, parents help monitor the child's behavior and provide provide feedback to the to the parents.
3: Hmm. Okay.
0: So
1: I was as Algo as an anomaly. I didn't have that. I mean. I didn't have the corona because I didn't have a neighborhood. Now my friends, parents, and whatnot, you know, we had the families we went on vacation with, whatever else. But I think definitely that was the case back in the day. I yeah, remember, uh,
0: sorry, Brian, go ahead. I remember lighting a fire under Harry Hoff's uh porch with Harry Hoff. Uh, and <laughs> that's um, good though. It
1: was, well it was. Well, it changed the joke I was gonna say. So go, go ahead.
0: ahead. Not our and son. we got we got in a, like I got in a lot of trouble by his mom, but again, it's that kind of the the neighborhood mentality of the this, you don't light a fire under my <laughs> under my porch oh uh, the you age said, old mantra <laughs> <laughs> well I know
1: that now <laughs> I did not know that 10 minutes ago this has been but thank you for this to me.
0: thank you for the neighborhood boundary Mrs. Hoff yeah
1: I mean that's the age old adage you know, what, you know you're know, you crying as you walk down the street and your neighbor says what happened well I got caught stealing your neighbor beat you up and mm-hmm. spanked you and then spanked you the whole way home and whatever else that doesn't happen today yeah. I think it happens in our world today I mean I think we have done a very nice job i mean you guys mm. have been such a blessing to my kids and vice versa yeah But um, <laughs> ring a little bell there, something i still gotta attend to yeah but uh so does he yeah so I, I think it doesn't happen a lot in our world today
2: no and i remember growing up i mentioned lou last week uh my neighbor lou but of betty and lou i should say yeah yeah um his wife and uh and I remember them, like, and they were literally right next door, our neighbors right next door. And I remember, like, they were a part of my life. And if I was, like, doing a chore outside, you know, Betty would, like, lean out the window, like, You're doing a good job, keep going, you know, like, and, you know, that kind of stuff. That's cool. It's just mm-hmm.
0: become so tricky because we're, it's such a litigious society nowadays, you know, and um, you never know how another parent in your neighborhood <laughs> is, like, don't, don't talk to my child like that. You know, right. that's my yeah, child. Yeah, I've never spanked a kid in my neighborhood.
1: <laughs> could have, holy cow! I sure could have, but uh, yeah, a lot that of doesn't kids happen today.
3: Yeah. yeah, what growing up for me, I, I definitely grew up in a neighborhood. Like I don't of know Titus? why I, I don't know why I emphasize it like that, but in a I try what I'm trying to say, the hood of is Titus, no, no, a neighborhood with lots of.
0: <laughs> Before it was neighborhood. <laughs> I don't. What are you? Neighborhood. The word neighborhood. <laughs>
3: <trying> <laughs> I just am trying to say there were a lot of houses with a lot of kids. That's all I'm trying to say. A lot of neighbors, A <laughs> okay. lot of neighbors is what, what I'm trying with to the say.
1: Maple Street monsters up there in Texas. Whereas
3: <laughs> Walnut Street, Walnut Street, the Walnut wackos. Street warriors, <laughs> Walnut Street
1: wackos. <laughs> Don't mess, man. Don't mess. <laughs> uh, when I get back from band camp, you're in trouble.
3: <laughs> today's society just feels more isolated. So when we're talking yeah, about like kids, sure. kids need this. Yeah, it doesn't exist as, as much, but it, I could see how developmentally that would be important for a kid to like know that, oh, there are other adults that A care, mm-hmm. B see me and know what I'm doing. And again, that accountability. I think it's really important that kids learn like, mm-hmm. a, like my actions have consequences. consequences. There's right. some accountability well, yes. there, you know? Yes.
1: When you think about what a kid's kids today are craving attention, they need respect. There's a whole lot of security, and all of that comes with, hey, there's somebody else watching. There's somebody else invested. Like you just said, all those things that, yeah. that meets those emotional needs. Like you just said, we're, we're, made, we're made for boundaries. Mm-hmm. Number 14,
2: adult role models. Parents and other adult, adults model positive,
0: responsible behavior and encourage the child to follow these examples. Yeah. I love, Jay, how you say it's a... Um, objective third Objective third party, third party that's not a family member.
1: Mm-hmm. Without the authority to punish
0: right and again that it because it reinforces um things that your parents have said and and the boundaries that they have given you but also it gives you the freedom to maybe confide or have those conversations to be open and honest to be open on, the, and the and for them to say things that your parents would never be able to say to you it just
1: or have said to you a thousand right, times, right? And then they say it. And you well, go, yeah. Oh. I, I,
0: never be able to say to you. Right. Meaning you're never going to take it right. like the way that you would take it from yeah. somebody else. So I, I know. Again, in my life, it's been huge. And like just watching our kids grow up together, ha- you know, being able to witness that in my kids uh, and your kids, you know, it, it, it's it's pretty cool. My
1: scoutmaster was that. As many jokes as I make about scouts, he was just. And, uh, I didn't have a deep relationship as far as like we didn't hang outside outside of scouts mm-hmm. and stuff like that, but like he was just a good man. Like mm-hmm. he said, "What's a good mm-hmm. man? Oh, it's our Bertha." You mm-hmm. know, and it was good to have that. And to a degree, you know, I would say teachers don't count. Um, I didn't have a lot of them. I mean, I had other no, that's pretty much him. But yeah, I think I think I might have known him. We'll talk about that. He lived by you, ish.
2: Yeah,
3: I mm-hmm. agree though. When you said ish. teachers don't count though, because. You have the authority to punish. Oh, okay, yeah, absolutely. But well, that's, not, think even, that's not
1: in this. That's in the the one thing that well, I had. Yeah,
3: but also, like, I just think you know, kids view teachers differently. They're right. not that we, other adult that they can maybe no, confide in, or yeah, we're, right. We are
1: you're the man. Yeah. But we also talked about last week with teachers that it can be a teacher that you had, mm. you know, or yeah. another teacher that you know at the school. I think what's sad today is again all of our kids at least mine for sure, besides each other, they had role models. I mean, Joe in jujitsu, you know, Bella in all of her voice lessons and things like that. I think we've done a nice job of surrounding our kids, not just with ourselves, but with other role models. But I think in our splintered society today and the obsession with online, Mm -hmm. you know, that's, I think from a societal standpoint, I think too too many role models are not, active relationship people but people online
0: yeah well and it was it was interesting on sunday you were talking about going to the wrestling match mm. and what was his name scotty too hotty Hottie? Hottie. scotty too how many people are lined up to see this sweaty 300 wrestler to give him a hug um and not saying scotty too hotty's not a great role scott model, garland's a good man but but you're right like how many how many kids have actual people in their lives that they can model hug um confide in and i think the truth is that most kids don't have somebody like that because they are so focused on uh uh, what's the um dude perfect you know stuff like that why are you ripping on dude i'm not i mean i'm not i'm just saying i'm just saying like whatever they do that's great that's still not a real person right
1: it's not gonna love you back right it's not gonna invest in your life uh what about positive peer influence Uh, That isn't really rocket science, but parents monitor the child's friends and encourage spending time with those who set good examples.
0: Yeah, um, good.
3: Sorry, I uh, I don't think my parents did that. That's one that I don't think I had, and hence the neighborhood. I mean, like you just went out. Oh yeah, so they don't know who you were with, right? I mean, and they (laughs) street weirdos. (laughs) weirdos. (laughs) Um. I, but, I, yeah, I hung out with a lot of different kids. And then, like, by um, – oh, man, I just lost the phrase. It's, like, secondary – Five to nine. Go on.
0: <laughs> secondary education? Secondary... No,
3: by uh, association. That's what I was trying uh, to say. So, by association, then, there was, like, another layer of kids sometimes. Like, mm-hmm. another l- level of acquaintances that, like, there were definitely some, some people I was around sometimes. Some, that, some characters. Yes, some characters. That's a good – gentle way to put what, it
0: the chestnut street killers <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, yeah for me I, I definitely had it just
1: because i didn't have that many friends because i didn't have a neighborhood so it was like i had this kid and i had to go play at his house and mm-hmm. so therefore mom knew his mom you know i definitely had it i think it was a lot more of that well i think you're a great example chris because i think parents were more involved i don't know actually if they're more involved back then from that level You know, whereas today it's like okay, play date. You know, Mm -hmm. I think they're almost hyper controlling. I don't know if
2: my parents ever encouraged me. It's just that I feel like we were already we were around, kind of organically, naturally. You know, good kids, and it didn't need to be encouraged. I I guess I should say, but was it monitored? For sure. Like I think like if I started hanging out with some crew, because my you know going back to the part of the you know the one through ten, like my mom was always a part of the. PTA or she was a band parent. So she always had you know her ear to the ground of like who I was hanging out
0: with and whatnot. And she knew who it was and all that. So uh, number 16 would be high expectations, parents, teachers, and other influential adults encourage the child to do her or his best in all tasks and celebrate their success. I think honestly, that's, such a great thing. And I think that we are no longer holding ourselves um, to high standards. Like uh, talking about the buses yesterday, you know, like at one point, you know, we were talking like 20 years ago,
3: mm-hmm.
0: we might call a one hour delay, maybe. And maybe, and now the standards have become so low that we're just like, yeah, uh, we think it's going to be a mess tomorrow morning. Um, Let's just not do it. Um, and I I mentioned it last week, but an article that I I read last week about it was from a millennial, two millennials, like why why are we holding ourselves to the standard of um, it's acceptable to be living in my parents' basement till I'm 35, and so I think that ha- uh, let's quote our favorite football coach Mike Tomlin, the standard is the standard. I played above the line, and there's just a lot of people that have no standard. There's no um, or the standards continually vacillating. Um, and so I, I, I really resonate with this one. Um, you know, and if, cause if like, if with your own kids, with, with, with me as a parent, I want to know that there's something to reach for. There's, there's something attainable. There's something that you should press for. Um, and a lot of people just have no idea about that.
2: Yeah, I agree. And, uh, I was gonna say it's like it's like it's like the the I can't even generation, you know, a, a, like something that's like so menial, like maybe they have to do like some hard labor, like I can't even, mm. you know. Um, and for me, I don't. I, if I'm kind of being nitpicky, I, I feel like my uh, my parents and teachers they always encourage me in all tasks to do my best. I don't know
3: about all tasks, but like. Yeah and if we're talking about you know. to pick on millennials um let alone gen z are are we then are we saying that when they were in these you know of these developmental ages were their parents and teachers letting them down is that what we're saying cuz that's not now Well there's right? like, so the, like the a particip- 20 years ago is that what we're talking about
2: Well, it's kind of like the participation award generation Okay I remember even I got a participation award yeah. you know in field day or whatever you know, and that—that well, that makes me sad.
1: <laughs> not that you got an award, but I you was, said, even, even I <laughs> participation <award. laughs>
2: I'm not the most athletic person in the room, uh, but you guys, no, but you guys—I mean, you guys understand that. Like, I mean, I feel like it's been generation after generation after generation of like. Well, the baseball team's going to go get ice cream anyway, because even though we lost, we're going to go, because you guys
0: try. It, it really is much like the Steelers. We used to attain for Super Bowls, and now we're just like... it's Winning sunk. seasons. Uh, we just Winning seasons, yeah. A non-losing season. Non-losing season.
1: Yeah, there's something... I've, I've been obviously pretty quiet this whole time. Yeah, because, you've had a perplexed look on your face. Well, and I am. I'm thinking the whole time, because, I mean, having coached up until this uh, spring, you know... I've had more parents engaged than I have in the past, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, I don't know that they're striving for their kids to be their best. Um, you know, it's sort of like um, they're, they're looking for the same, they want their kid to get the same outcome of the best without working for the mm-hmm. best mm-hmm. sort of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. More parents are engaged in that, but then there's so many parents that are, they're just completely absent. Um, I, as a, you know, anecdotally speaking, my mother's exact words to me were, "Honey, don't try to get straight A's and don't get C's. Bs are fine." <laughs> you know, so it was just like, now mind you, she was weathered and she'd had a child who was <laughs> neurotic about A's, and she had a couple of kids that didn't get A's at all. So I was like, just, just don't, just don't skip just Bs. So I, you know, and and I was thinking about my own kids. Mm-hmm. I, I've never said you have to be the best. You mm-hmm. have to be anything, you know. I, I mean, and I'm debating the whole time, like, did I just get really blessed? <laughs> like, you know, like, oh, did you really? push them to be what they are. No. Yeah. No, I just love them for who they were and they ended up mm. being pretty sweet.
0: Well, and I think I think that there's different degrees of standards. There's um you got a 98 expectation circle yes. because you shouldn't have missed the 2%. Exactly. Like just just those unrealistic expectations, but then um you know you know your kids and and you know that you know it it's it's part of your job as a parent to push them to the degree that doesn't harm them, um, and sometimes that's a tough balance. But if you're not if you're not pushing your kids, or like we push each other, you know, here at the table, um, we we expect things from each other, and I just think a standard is very important. And there's a lot of people that have no concept of where to start on that, and that makes me sad.
3: Mm. I do like that this says put. Well, it doesn't say push. It says encourage the child to do his or her best Mm -hmm. sure like not be the best but do your best like be the best you Mm -hmm. that you can be Mm -hmm. you know
1: and i think we went we could go down a big rabbit hole but you know in the old days it was boy look at how good they are look at what they've accomplished you should strive to be like that Mm -hmm. and the prevailing thing in society today is look how good they are let's tear them down Mm -hmm. you know let's talk behind their back and and whatnot hopefully that's that's not. that's kind of become the standard that is the standard (laughs) Um, creative activities, child participates weekly in music, dance, or other form of artistic expression outside of school.
3: And this begins a, a new subcategory. This is all constructive use of time rather than boundaries and expectations.
0: I see a lot of that, honestly. I mean, obviously in our kids, I mean, every one of us here, um, you know, our kids are in something creative and, uh, you know, maybe, and maybe it's just me being around like Ethan's friend group and, uh, you know, knowing that Abby, um, you know, does violin and stuff like that, and seeing her be around friends like that. But I, I do feel like there is a, a push in society, and I think sometimes to to too much of a degree. I mean, you, you everybody knows those parents that are you know shuttling their kids every single night to like five different activities. Wait so till I, we get to the next one. Yeah, I think you can go overboard on that. But um, sure. you know, I I think the the creative activities, um. I, I see it, you know, I see it in a lot of kids. and
3: Yeah, I, when you break it down, I mean, this is what I do at school, and I know this specifically says outside of school, but obviously it can happen in school too, uh, especially, you know, I teach music. But when I break down creativity, like when I'm talking to the kids and just introducing that concept, not even by name, like when they're really little, I just, ha- I get them to make a choice. Like that's really, I think what, like, why creativity is such an important thing is because the kids are learning they can choose something, like they can choose this or that. It's not, you know, it's not a math problem where there's one right answer. It's you get to make a choice, and and some kids are so averse, conditioned mm-hmm. yet to not like they're conditioned to Paralyzed. like well, what's the answer, mm-hmm. like what am I supposed to do here? Yeah, and so I have to draw that out of mm-hmm. them. Like, and I think you know. It's sort of, it's sort of all of our jobs like to I think encourage that and that aspect of like I think that could be so helpful throughout their lives and I, I'm glad that this one's on there just like be creative but you know start with making choices so you
1: think about a kid who is paralyzed doesn't want to make a choice doesn't want to be creative doesn't want to be you know it's it's I think rooted in a high need of acceptance. Like I don't want to make the wrong choice. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be wrong, you know, and a lack of support in their life that people haven't come alongside them and said, Hey, look, here's what happens. when you make this choice? You can make this choice or let's do this. Or mm-hmm. that's, you know, speaking of teachers, um, Oh, and I am going to really disappoint somebody. Um, the elementary school teacher, uh, for art that Joe, Bella and Trey all had Ms. Oh, I feel so bad. She was that, She was that. you know, she definitely was a hippie leftover. Like, yeah. you colored outside, inside the lines. And she's like, why? Yeah. Why go outside the lines? <laughs> well, if you don't have that? You know, yeah. you're scared to make that mistake. You have that need for security. Nobody has come along and supported or encouraged you. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have to remember her name. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think that's a lot of where kids are today. And, yeah. and that's why, like, I've talked about it before, but Diane Milowicki, Mm -hmm. is starting this organization that brings kids together. And she really wants it to be 10 to 20 years old. She's done it with like elementary school-age kids. And she brings in experts, whether they be magicians or singers or songwriters or poets or whatever else. And it's just like a five-day workshop where kids can learn different creative things. Because if you look at our world today, what is a kid's creative outlet? Copying a TikTok dance.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> right
1: or or mouthing words over something somebody else already said. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. I hate those videos. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah, that's
3: that's their creative outlet, and it's
0: and, not creative at all. Yeah, and I th- I think you know I think kids are very naturally creative, um, and when that's not fostered, that creativity oftentimes can go into cre- being creative in in ways that can be very destructive. You know, it can lead to crime and stuff like that. So I think. I look at Ethan, like it took us a while to figure out what, you know, and we constantly were trying, we're getting him and stuff, but he never really stuck with something until he found the musical. Yeah, you can you know, tell. And he is just, he is mm. just loves singing and doing that stuff, but it took time and persistence on our part to, to help him. It's
2: trial and error, you know, but like once you guys got it, it's nice to know. And then you can encourage him and, and do all that. I'm yep. going to
3: get sciencey for a moment too. And just say like, it's. So life altering at, at a young age too. like that, to have the encouragement to be creative. um, If you don't have it, then like your synapses start to like go other directions in yeah. your brains. Like you are not like there. If you're not doing it,
0: mm-hmm. those
3: connections in your brain are not strength, right? Yeah. You know, they're, they're going to weaken and you're, focus goes elsewhere. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, it it has an impact on your whole life.
2: Number 18 is child programs. Child participates weekly in at least one sport, club, or organization within the school or community.
0: Yeah, and that's kind of what we alluded to earlier. Um, I think you can overdo that. Um, A lot of parents do. You know, their kids are uh as almost have as many scheduled things as when they go to school and it's just running around it's it's exhausting when i hear some of these parents talk but seriously it is nice it is nice to have the kid like ethan played hockey it was a great outlet for him um and uh, i think it it's very essential to help them maintain balance
2: yeah no i i agree it's uh i remember just when i worked at mount hope church you know there was kids that were in like five different things like five mm-hmm. sports or whatever and i'm like when do you have time one just to be a kid mm-hmm. and just hang out with friends or two like you come to the youth group you know once a month once a quarter you know like it's there's just two there's a lot of times there's too much about but let's talk about the good thing where it is important like it like it's definitely important to be involved in some in some in something um and I do, I do definitely agree with that. And I, my parents did that with me. Like I had band, and there was um, youth
0: group, and and things like that. Odyssey of the Mind, yeah. You know, well that te- it teaches you how to be <clears throat> social. It teaches you how to function in a society. Uh, it teaches you camaraderie. It teaches you a lot of things. Having um, a
3: group goal yeah that you're you know striving for together like in accomplishing something
0: yeah and you also mentioned uh youth group eric and that's kind of the next one religious community um child participates in age-appropriate religious activities and caring relationships that nurture her or his spiritual development i know i had that when i was a teenager um and again i think you know we we ignore the spiritual side of things um cause we're so focused on the things like the activities and and that kind of stuff. But it is, you know, we're spiritual beings. And so
1: I certainly know it isn't happening today. I mean, it is not a lot today. I mean, and again, it's age appropriate. So like church itself doesn't even count.
0: Yeah. Mm. I mean, I used, I went to Sunday school as a kid for a long time and I have great memory. I have great memories of it. Um, but like that really doesn't exist anymore. Um, and i think that you know what you're seeing in society kind of bears out the fact that a lot of kids this is this is very much one that a lot of kids growing up and continue probably not to have but it not exist do you mean like cuz like churches still do it do you mean like just not as many people go uh i've been to a lot of churches and i mean i can't remember the last one that has had like a like a sunday school but um i don't know like hours do we don't. We have Sunday school. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, so when I say like, I remember going outside of the service, like before, like we would go. And oh yeah, we would yeah, go, we would to go Sunday, before. You would go to Sunday right, school, and then you would have church. Yeah. So that. No, so, so, nah, I see what you mean. Yeah yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, yeah, That's what I mean. I know we have Sunday school. You dismiss yeah, yeah. the kids every week, but like I meant an intentional period out. Because otherwise, where are they going? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Because when oh, we we're in, you got some explaining to do. <laughs> when we were kids, we
2: we went to Sunday school, and then we kind of graduated yeah. to youth group midweek. Yeah. Right um,
1: no there's certainly a lot less of that and that also goes to you know and, and a lot of these intertwine you know the positive role models the the people mm-hmm. that are an adult in their life that is going to positively influence them right um no it's it's certainly more prevalent back in the day even for me ccd Golly, I hated it so bad <laughs> amy went to ccd it was the worst it was the worst it was the worst I hated it was it bad it wasn't too bad <laughs> and um <laughs> It was just, but yet, hey, you went because it was important, mm-hmm. and it was you know imposed upon us. So
0: regard. let me ask this: if if this is an important element, and we're saying like, you know, a lot of kids, a lot of parents aren't making the effort to do a church or to do what has replaced the spiritual um, aspect in in today's society? Football, um, like everything, just, yeah. it, there's a the void.
1: Um, yeah, it's just. Yeah, there's just, they nothing. I mean, yeah. it's, it's
3: whatever.
0: <laughs>
3: Number uh, 20? Yeah, yeah. Uh, last one probably for today, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, last one of this category, time at home. Child spends time at home playing and doing positive activities with the family. That is the key. <laughs>
1: With, right, with the family. Not locked yeah. in their room alone. Family or... dinner, baby. Yeah, I mean... So important. So important, and it's so difficult. Well, once you get past 12, it gets real difficult, but yeah. it's essential. I mean, my kids still talk about it. You yeah. Know, yeah. Family dinners, and they bring them up, and like Bella, it's really interesting. She, when the kids were X years old, Rachel's like, Jay, I, I want to do all the cooking. And that was before I really got into it. She's like, I, I'm the wife. I'm supposed to do the cooking. And so she went for a solid... I'll even give her like six months. Wow! She I mean, a, that's pretty. This good, is a shocker like, to me. You'll do. you do like the Bible in the year. You will get to like week two. You're like, <laughs> 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 and she's and Bella will still talk about like, oh, mom's like baked, you know, fried chicken or whatever mm-hmm. it was, you know, breaded uh, baked chicken. And it's kind of like a nostalgia for Bella mm-hmm. to
2: think
0: yeah. back to the
1: when when Rachel when mom make,
0: used to cook <laughs> back when mom used <laughs> yeah. to cook.
1: But yeah, those are important times.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean yeah. that was well in a way that's like you know we were talking about the the child programs that's like a team building in your own home mm-hmm. for you know you're 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 learning how to be a family you're not going out and playing football with other kids you're learning how to be a family um and it there's how do you replace that we've talked about i've talked about it with
1: bella that like When I was growing up, my family was 90% of my social activities. Mm. Like even through when I was 16, I was a designated driver when we all went to Carl's, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so my friends had tons of friends and Mm I had Dan, he was my best friend and he'd come with us maybe. And what's funny is for Joe and Bella, it's very much the same way Mm -hmm. that our friend group is their greater friend group. Yeah. I got a best buddy here, a best friend there. Yeah. But for everybody else, the family is, is represented by their friends Mm -hmm. because they don't have that in their families. Mm -hmm and that's a different dynamic so i, I think both growing up certainly was more prevalent back in the day but i think it's it's much more an anomaly today to have mm-hmm. that great family unit where both parents are home or whatever one parent's home and you're doing you're playing games you're watching right. a movie I, I still don't do it enough i don't think with bella you mm-hmm. know um because joe's you know but uh you guys
3: um I had some of that growing up. I definitely... I mean, we we had outings together... We had <laughs> we had uh, Dukes of Hazard on Friday night. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, we man. Yeah.
1: Cutting mm-hmm. to commercial break as they're going over the Dee, washed out de-gill. bridge. <laughs> These boys
3: are going to be in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, my mom would uh, make popcorn every Friday night. Oh, there so you go. But nice. the, we had little things. So yeah, we, I definitely yeah. had that. Mom my-
1: kicked us out for Hill Street Blues.
3: Go on. <laughs> yeah.
2: my, as I've talked about it before, my dad worked out of town a, a, a good portion of my childhood. But my mom would always have... A hot homemade meal dinner every single day, me, me, her, and my brother, and and um, we always did TJF on Friday night mm-hmm. when it was like Full House and Family, family matters, matters and all that.
0: Yep. Um. Yeah. It yeah, was, was. That in was. College. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I remember fondly. Um, There's a show called Bowling for Dollars. It ended up being a oh, scam. Yeah. The guy ended a up scam. being a scammer. Nick uh, huh. Perry. I can't remember. I mean, it was when I was real young, but I, was I do. That the daily number scam. No, I th- that might that might have been something different. That doesn't ring a, a uh, that name. Does. As it is, as it is, I remember um, having like those plastic bowling pins and that plastic uh, bowling yeah. ball. Oh and, yeah. And my speaking of records, my parents would lay down one of their like Kenny Rogers or whatever, mm. set up the bowling pins, and I would be bowling for dollars while I was we were watching Bowling for Dollars. I remember that. That's like fun. Stuff, Good stuff like MASH, That's fun. you know, those Good shows. Yeah.
3: I really like how this last category too, again, constructive use of time. And we've talked about like, well, you don't don't do too much of this or do and it's that balance, right? So yeah. it's it's creative activities, child programs, religious community, time at home. Yeah. Like you don't you want all of those, hopefully your In balance. kids yeah. have all of those well right? as we're
1: through one through 20 you want to be at about 13.5 at this point because 27 is the magic number for all 40 i'm gonna mm-hmm. have to go through
3: here and start checking them off we'll see and next time i assume we're gonna hit 21 through whatever not true oh no we
1: have we, uh, we do we have a guest Ooh, at the exciting. Table next week yes we do
3: Who's and
0: it's, it's not the breast navigator
1: <laughs> oh, Well, I won't be here <laughs> uh, Our good friend Amy Raymond is bringing her friend uh, Kim Who is her uh, the one that affirms her the most and builds her up the most And has quite a story, and so we're going to get to talk to
3: Kim Two guests? No, Amy's not a guest Okay, she'll just heckle from the background
1: No, Amy is a regular at the table She filled in when you were gone She's yeah. one of our regulars at the table Yeah, yeah. yeah. So she's not a guest
0: you're oh, saying see she's you're not going to be
1: on a mic. She'll be on a, no. She'll be on a mic. She'll be okay. on a
3: mic. <laughs> it's like if Duke
1: and Lydia are here, they're regulars at the table. Gotcha.
3: They're not guests. They're not guests. Right. Okay. Kim so is the
1: guest. Amy's the regular.
3: That's beautiful. And uh, that'll be next week, which is episode 188. But this has been episode 187. So thanks for joining us. Please make sure if you can, give us a like or follow on social media, and visit us at lunchtimeinrome.com. While there, take our relational needs questionnaire. Thanks for joining us for Lunchtime in Rome.
1: See you next week. See you later, bye. Mrs. Kruzek was the art teacher's name.
3: Oh. I'm so happy you remember that. Bye. I gotta tell you, I'm sitting right next to Jay and his meat.
1: Yeah, and the ball's out of bounds. It's not supposed to be a running clock. We don't want a mercy rule.
3: So you weren't delivering water. Yeah, you weren't delivering <laughs> water. delivered water the next day. <laughs> and my understanding was the biggest, the bigger...
0: Virgin record player and they they gave it to Abby. <laughs>
3: Never opened.
0: I'm not a ball golfer. Oh, well that's true. Both.:
3: Growing up for me, I definitely grew up in a neighborhood